We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20. What a way to begin our broadcast. To know that the promises of God in Him are yes and amen, which means let it be, and always unto the glory of God. Thank you to our J-Web, and greetings to everyone as we think about the promises of God upon this day. Let me tell you a little bit about what you'll be hearing in our broadcast. We're going to talk about the promises of God and to see the promises of which we can stand upon them. We're also going to be talking about a free Bible study called The Gospel Gleaner, a free publication. We'll be telling you about our free Bible study course by mail and how to follow us on social media. We have a lot before us today, and we thank you, our listeners, for tuning in and responding to us and how blessed we are to hear from our listeners. Let's think about the promises of God. Consider these scriptures. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. In 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, we mentioned moments ago, For all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Listen to this promise that Jesus made in John 14 and verse 3. Speaking to His apostles, He said, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus said, I go... I prepare, I will come, I will receive. What a great promise. Now, dear friends, I want you to think about something with me on the promises of God. The promises of God are always there for anyone who will accept and receive Jesus Christ, for those that are obedient to the gospel. The promises of God and the blessings therein cannot be upon those of the world who fail to respond through simple faith and to take their heart to repent of their sins, to confess Christ, to be baptized into Christ and to walk a faithful life. Yes, those promises of God of which we can partake, as Peter said in Second Peter 1 and verse 4. Peter said, You've escaped the corruption that is in the world, And when you have escaped, you now have exceeding great and precious promises. Again, from 2 Corinthians 1.20, the promises of God are in Him. And we need to be in Christ. Dear friends, what a beautiful thought about the promises of God. Today, we want to talk about the promises of God. And we love to appeal to each and every one of us to think about our lives and ask, am I embracing the promises of God? 
You know, throughout my lifetime, I have often sung in worship to God the hymn, Standing on the Promises of God. It is an awesome hymn. Are are you familiar with that hymn? It's a beautiful hymn. And with that in mind, I think of 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15 that commands us to sing with the Spirit and the understanding. Now, dear friends, that's quite clear. When I sing in worship unto God, I must sing with the Spirit. Now, Spirit there is lowercase, which means the right attitude. And I need to understand what I am singing. There are times I have sung hymns that simply do not correspond with the Scripture. I need to understand what I am singing. Because, dear friends, within our worship unto God when we sing and we're around one another. And, dear friends, you can't one another by yourself. When we come together and we're singing praise unto God in our worship, that is also teaching one another. In Colossians 3 and verse 16, the Bible says that we are to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in, watch it now, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. When I am singing to the Lord, I am teaching those around me. I remember one time years ago when I preached at a congregation doing a gospel meeting, a time of revival, if you will, and I was doing a gospel meeting, and we stood to sing a hymn, and the song leader asked for those on one side of the building to turn to their right, and those on the other side to turn to their left, and they were singing toward one another, emphasizing that singing is teaching. I thought that was a wonderful reminder. And so when we sing with the Spirit and the understanding, we want to look at this wonderful hymn and see just a few of the promises of God and to understand what God has provided for us. Before we get into our study, as I mentioned as we began, we have some opportunities, some free publications, some free things for you. And we're going to pause here and hear about our good work with our sister publication, The Gospel Gleaner. We at International Gospel Hour are honored to offer a free bi-monthly publication to send your way. For over 30 years, the Gospel Gleaner has provided sound biblical studies in a periodical format. It's published six times every year, and subscriptions are always free. Just go to gospelgleaner.com and sign up for either the mail or email version. Be sure to post in the comments box that you heard it from the International Gospel Hour. Again, for a free subscription of the Gospel Gleaner, just sign up at gospelgleaner.com. Let's continue our studies. Dear friends, let's consider that one will stand on the promise of a king. Now back to the hymn, Standing on the Promises, stanza one says, Standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Sounds like a subject that is praising His King and the promises of His King. Of course, we find in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 15 that Jesus Christ is the King. The affirmation there says, He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Jesus Christ is the King. Dear friends, we do not have to wait for Jesus to return to set up His kingdom on this earth. That's simply not going to happen. But when He comes again, He will take His kingdom upward with Him, and that is affirmed in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 24. Let's talk about the kingdom of Christ. In Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19, Jesus answered to Peter and said that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now when we examine this text, dear friends, he is speaking unto Peter, and he tells Peter upon that rock, that rock would be the foundation of Christ. It's not going to be upon Peter. For we note that the word rock and the name Peter are two different meanings in the original language. But upon the solid foundation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he said, I will build my church. And indeed, dear friends, he built his church, and it came in existence on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That church still stands today. We will affirm with grace Yet we will affirm with boldness due to Scripture that our labors here at the International Gospel Hour are built upon the church we read of in the New Testament and of which we are a part. We say that and give praise to Christ, not unto ourselves. In verse 19 of Matthew 16, Jesus said to Peter, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, did not Peter take that authority? the keys, if you will, a sign of authority, and along with the eleven other apostles preached the gospel of Christ. And they were going to preach what is bound in heaven, and they were going to also speak of what is loosed in heaven. The authority would come from God Almighty through the Son, who is the King. Dear friends, did you ever consider that the church and the kingdom are indeed one and the same. The church is not here in a church age, and the kingdom is to come in a kingdom age. If that's the case, then something was wrong in Colossians 1 and verse 13, when the Bible tells us that they were translated into the kingdom of His dear Son, or the Son of His love. They were translated into the kingdom then. And dear friends, if we stand on the promise of a king, we are his subject. Jesus in John 18:36 said that his kingdom was not of this world. He said if my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Jesus said if my kingdom was of this world, yes, my servants would fight. Dear friends, one cannot go out of the world as addressed in 1 Corinthians 5.10. But rather, the promise of a king or the heavenly kingdom stands today. I like to think that we are a heavenly kingdom in a heathenistic world, and we exist to make that difference. Matthew 28.18 and 19. We have a message of the kingdom that those that are part of the kingdom of Christ, His church, that we are able to stand on His promises. 
Dear friends, have you ever considered, secondly, that one stands on the promise of His Word? Let's consider stanza number two of that beautiful hymn, Standing on the Promises That Cannot Fail, When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Oh, dear friends, do you note that part of the hymn that talks about the howling storms of doubt and fear that will come upon us? But we simply turn to the word of God to assure and affirm our faith, of which our faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. You know, when I see that passage, or see that hymn, rather, that stands of the howling storms of doubt and fear, I think about the storms there as depicted in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. When the storms came upon the wise man and the foolish man, Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 24, that whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and will do them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. The wise man prepared for the storms that would come. The wise man prepared for those storms that would be beating upon his house, and it stood firm. But when we are like the foolish man who built his house upon the sand, we will hear the sayings of Christ and fail to do them. Why would we want to fail and neglect the promises of God that's greater than anything? In Psalm 119, 105, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Well, indeed, dear friends, it is. The word of God will lead us and help us. And when the storms of doubt and fear assail, when they come upon us, we can turn to the word of God and keep rooting our faith deeper and stand on the promises of God. Dear friends, we find a lot of people just love to study the Bible, and sometimes folks think, well, I don't know where to begin. We have a free Bible study by mail we would like to offer to you. That's right. It's absolutely free. And it's an emphasis upon the Bible. It is a wonderful series of lessons, and our J-Web will tell you how you can receive this study in your own home. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Dear friends, have you considered that one stands on the promise of his love? We stand on the promise of a king and the promise of his word, Let's consider the promise of His love. I once again take us back to stanza three of Standing on the Promises, to where the writer says, Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord, 
overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword, standing on the promises of God. Oh, there's so much in that stanza. First of all, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. We look upon Jesus as Lord. With Lordship of Christ, we understand that we are subject unto Him. It's another word that gives a strong sense, just like the word King. He is the Lord of our lives, and when He is our Lord, we will follow what He says. We're bound to Him by love's strong cord, or in other words, love has us wrapped up, if you will. And we continue to see the Word of God that we can overcome daily with the Spirit's sword. Now, that would be a reference to Ephesians 6 and verse 17. And it is of interest to note there that when we look at the Spirit sword or the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that as you study that text, it is like the Word of God is a sword from the standpoint that when we're facing with something, we are able to pull out the sword, if you will, or there is a certain passage that we're able to cut and to defend our faith as we're eternally bound to Him by love's strong cord. Listen to these passages about the love of Christ and what He will do for us. All from the book of John, chapter 14, verse 3 we mentioned earlier, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Written here to the apostles, as a matter of fact, all of John 14 is written to the apostles, but yet we see the application for us today, that we are eternally bound to Him by love's strong cord. As we are obedient to Him, we love Him, He is our Lord, and we will embrace Him. We have the spirit sword that we can pull that sword, if you will, from the sheath of our armor of God and to be able to stand against those things. Listen to what Jesus said in John 14, verse 14, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. When we pray unto God as Christians and ask in his name, he will do it. Now someone will say, well, I prayed for this and did not get it. Well, dear friends, when we pray unto God, we call upon Him for His guidance and His supplication. We do realize that when we pray unto God for His supplication, or let's put it this way, when I pray unto God and I cast my care upon Him, 1 Peter 5, verses 7 and 8, when I call upon Him in prayer and I'm praying to my Father, I need His help and His answer Very well may not be my answer, but if I pray and rely upon Him, then I'm going to let His answer be my answer. So many times we want to pray to God, and rather than cast our care, we want to give God instruction how to answer our prayers. But dear friends, when we cast our care upon Him, and when we pray unto God, we're asking Him for His help, and we need to allow that to happen. If not then why pray to begin with? Listen to John fourteen twenty one. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I love that verse. How about one more time? 
He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. Here's the question. How do we test our love for Christ when we keep his commandments, when we're obedient unto him? And when we love him, he shall be loved of my Father. And I will manifest myself to him. I will make it proven. Dear friends, we have to embrace that beautiful passage of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love is there. And dear friends, our test there is to love him. When we're bound to him by love's strong cord, we love him because he first loved us. Now finally, one stands on the promise of his peace. Love this. He's my king. I'm guided by his word and bound to him by his love. Now stands a four. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all in all. Standing on the promises of God. When we listen to the Spirit's call, it's not some timid voice that tells us something to do. Dear friends, there are many individuals who say they hear God or they hear the Spirit. But if we're hearing things that are not in accordance with the Word of God, then, dear friends, we're listening to the wrong spirit. I'm not trying to cast uh, a, a moment of humor there or to make anything light. But I've had people tell me things that God has told them or the Spirit has told them that the Word of God says opposite. Dear friends, of whom am I going to believe? I mean, listening to the Spirit's call, well, I go back to Ephesians six seventeen and see that the Word of God is called the sword of the Spirit. And in John 6, verses 66 through 68, in that context, did not Jesus say, that the words that I give unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You see, when I can rest in my Savior, I'm embracing his promise of Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus will rest us with the things of which we labor and are heavy laden. In Matthew 25, verse 21, what did the Lord of that account tell unto the good and faithful servant? He said the same in verse 23. The servant with five talents or the servant with two talents that gained more, he said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. I love the thought of rest. I love the thought of being in the joy of our Lord. He grants us a life of peace. He brings within our lives, when we are so frustrated, when we have things come upon us, Jesus is able to give us the peace in our lives. Dear friends, sometimes it doesn't come immediate, but when we cast our care upon Him and trust in His promise, it will come. Dear friends, let's pause here. We're going to come back and wrap up our broadcast but isn't it wonderful that we can take this wonderful hymn of Standing on the Promises and to look at the promise of the King and His Word, His love, and His peace. And dear friends, we cannot improve in that. Thankful for the promises of God. Let's pause here. 
hear a little word from our J-Web about following us on social media, and I'll be right back. Why not follow the International Gospel Hour on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply type International Gospel Hour into the search engine, and you can like and follow our pages to keep up with the latest news and efforts of our labors, of which you are a part as a listener and a supporter. We would love to have you as a follower on social media. And now, back to Jeff. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1. Dear friends, I cannot think of another passage that could summarize our study today of standing on the promises of God. Notice he is writing this to the Christians at Corinth, the book of 2 Corinthians. It's a better book than 1 Corinthians from the standpoint that he praises them for the correction in their lives of what they faced in 1 Corinthians, but yet he instructs them continually, and he tells this to the Christian. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, maturing holiness. In other words, let us grow. Now, if that promise is unto the Christian, dear friends, then what is the non-Christian to do, the one that has yet to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ? For us to embrace those promises and to be partakers of that divine nature, as we noted from 2 Peter 1, 4, Let us escape the corruption in the world. Let us move upon our faith, an obedient faith that moves us toward repentance. An obedient faith commanded in Hebrews 11.6 and emphasized in James 2. We turn around and we repent of our sins as we're taught in Acts 2.38 and Luke 13.3. We confess Christ as the eunuch did in Acts 8.37 and in Romans 10.9 and 10. And we're baptized into Christ. Romans 6, 4 through 6. For the remission of our sins, Acts 2.38, and to have those sins washed away, Acts 22.16. Then we embrace the promises of God, and we press onward with a faithful life for the Lord, Revelation 2 and verse 10. Let's think on these things, dear friends, and thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and until next time, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.